a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by by the word of God. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number 30 verse 19 if you ever have it. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both of you, that both you and your seed may live. Now, one of the things that uh, I learned in my Christian walk, uh, early enough, thank God, was that God has blessed uh, mankind with a gift called free will. In fact, it is one of the things that distinguishes us from the animal kingdom. See, animals live based on instinct. Animals have no choice. But human beings have a choice. Amen? Today, as I was getting ready to come to this session, I walked into my closet and uh, I picked this suit. In fact, I told my wife ahead of time I was going to wear this suit and this shirt. And she didn't think they matched. So, but still I went in there and I picked this suit and this shirt. And the reason I picked this suit and shirt was because I liked it. I didn't see any angels standing there with a flaming sword and saying, Thou shalt wear this suit to design a life. No, I didn't hear any of that. I picked it because I wanted to wear this suit. And let me tell you what happened. God the Father... God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, all of them let me out of the house wearing this horrendous suit. You know why? Because I chose it. It's the same way God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will let you walk out of the house with poverty, watch this, if you choose it. It's the same way He will let you walk out of the house with sickness if you choose it. You know why? Because he cannot override your freedom to choose. Human beings are what I like to call free will moral agents. Whatever you choose, God will let you have it. Amen? So what does that mean? That means your life up to today is just an accumulation of the choices you have been making. And you know what that makes you? Uncomfortable. Amen? Ouch. And we can fix that today. Because we want to help you start making better choices. Amen. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. What does that mean? That means God wants us to start making decisions based off of His Word. It's as simple as that. If you make decisions based on God's Word, you will get results based on God's Word. If you make decisions based on people's opinions, you will get a life that is based on what? People's opinions. It's as simple as that. Amen? Can we tell you something else? Advice is the cheapest commodity on the market. And anybody and their mama can give you advice on how to live your life. Amen? And if it's the cheapest commodity on the market, I might as well get it from an expensive source. 
So I'm going to get it from God's word. Amen? So you say, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed. Don't be poured into the mold. The word conform means to be poured into the mold. He says, don't be poured into the mold. In other words, don't live your life on default. Amen? Don't be poured into the mold of this world. And by this world, he's not talking about, you know, the cosmic world that you and I live in. He's talking about a system of thoughts. Amen? The devil wants the church to be conformed to a way of thinking. I mean, the devil doesn't mind you and I coming together every Sunday. We sing the fast songs, we get into the slow ones, and then, you know, some people fall under the anointing, some get goosebumps, and then we walk out the same. He doesn't mind if we do that. We could literally do that for years and years, and he wouldn't mind. But what he minds is if you can come to a meeting like this and get a word that will readjust your thinking. Yeah. That he minds. In fact, the Bible says in Mark chapter number 4, he is there to steal that word. He wants to steal it before you even walk out of this place. You know why? Because he doesn't want you to start thinking in line with the word and in line with the kingdom. Hallelujah. Is this good so far? Yes. How many of you know that if you're going to think in line with God's word, you will not think poverty? If you're going to think in line with God's word, you will not have worry and anxiety. Amen? In fact, the Bible says uh, in Isaiah 26, verse 3, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So if you keep your mind stayed upon God, if you keep your mind stayed on His Word, you shall have perfect peace. So the devil doesn't mind us gathering around an emotional friends, but he gets real threatened when we start getting our minds activated intellectually by God's Word. So what does the Bible say? He says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but do this. But be ye transformed. That word transformation is the Greek word metamorpho, where we get the English transliteration, metamorphosis, and the simple word in English should be changed. But it doesn't capture the full meaning of that word. An analogy would probably do uh, better than, you know, just the word change. And the perfect analogy is when a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. And God is saying, be that. Be transformed. Amen? And this, this transformation is so drastic. I mean, if you look at a caterpillar, that earth-bound creature crawling in the dirt, and the butterfly, man, when you look at that colorful uh, uh, creature just, you know, floating and flying everywhere, you don't even see traces of a caterpillar. And God is saying to his children, there is such a transformation available for his kids that is so drastic that when you tap into it, people will look at you and not even see traces of your past life. And this transformation is available by one thing, the renewing of the mind. I'm so glad the Apostle Paul didn't leave it to our imagination to figure out how this, trans this transformation was going to come. He told us, you know why? Because church people are crazy. <laughs> he didn't say just be transformed and left it at that. He said be transformed by doing this. Be transformed by changing the way you think. Hallelujah. So it's fine to come to church. It's fine 
uh, to feel the anointing, it's fine to fall every now and again. It's fine. I always tell the brother, it's fine to even come to church to look for a wife. Because the Bible says the good wife cometh from the Lord. But while you're doing all of that, you better get yourself some words that will change the way you think. Because if you don't change the way you think, you literally cannot change your life. Amen? Someone shout from today onwards, my life, my thought life, will be governed by God's word. Amen? Say, be transformed. Be that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. So that you may be able to leave the will of God. So that you may be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. The only way you can do it is by fixing what's in your head. And I always say this at church, that the highest level of spiritual warfare is between your ears. You know, people think spiritual warfare is when you get spooky. Just, you know, do all kinds of, no, spiritual warfare begins when the devil when the devil drops a thought in your head that is contrary to God's word. Spiritual warfare began in the garden when the enemy came, used the serpent, and dropped the thought. Did God say, you shall not eat of this fruit? Spiritual warfare had begun. Spiritual warfare in your life begins when the devil comes and, and whispers a thought of scarcity in your head. Now one of the questions we always get dealing with the singles at church is, Pastor, is there enough bachelors in South Africa to marry us? How many of you have ever wondered that question? Eh? And I always get that. Pastor, is there enough men out there who are eligible to marry me? And I always say, it depends on who's asking. If you have a scarcity mind, they are not. But if you have a mind of abundance, man, you'll be tripping over, bumping into, running into eligible bachelors everywhere you go. It depends on who's asking. Because you attract what you are. Someone shout from today, I will think abundance, prosperity, success. In Jesus' name. The Bible says in Philippians, I have a lot to, to teach today, but I'm watching my time. And I'm just teaching from my latest book, uh, Living Life to the Fullest. So I'm going through. Uh, the, the pages as we talk. You know, the Bible says in Philippians 4 from verse 6 to 8, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication make all your requests known unto God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard and will garrison your hearts and your minds through Christ. And it goes on to say, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. And it says in Proverbs chapter number 4, from verse 23 onwards, guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. The Christian life, or even the general life, is lived from inside out, not the other way around. What we see on the outside is exactly who you are on the inside. I'm glad everyone is looking beautiful tonight. <laughs> Amen? But who you are on the inside will find its way to the external. 
So if you fix what you take in, your intake, your fix, your, your, your external, your outtake, these words. Amen? Your outflow will change. The Bible says in Luke 6, verse 45, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. And it goes on to say, and from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? So here's the deal. Here's the process of living the designer life. You have to choose carefully what you eat. There's an old statement that says you are what you and it's the same with the spiritual life. Whatever you eat, you become. Now, I always used to wonder, uh, my wife and I, when uh, we got married, we would buy the Sunday times, every Sunday, and around about 6.30 p.m., we'd start going through the pages and just discussing the stuff from the paper, and by about 9.30, we'd be so depressed and so tired of life. And I used to always wonder, because I couldn't, I, I, I didn't have the connection. Until one day I thought, man, the reason why I feel depressed every Sunday around 9.30 p.m. is because of what I'm eating. I'm eating the wrong food. Amen? <laughs> when we were learning about computers, they can call it, they gave us an acronym, GIGA. Remember that? It's garbage in. So whatever you let in will come out. So if you let uh, depression, stress, and anxiety in, it will come out. It will manifest itself in your life. Amen? So you have to be careful what you eat. Tell your neighbor that. Be careful what you eat. Because whatever you eat, it's going to find itself coming out. Amen? And once you eat, the second process, if you take it down notes, the first thing is, be careful what you eat. Watch what you eat. Okay? Even in the natural, watch what you eat. It doesn't matter how much you do in the gym, you still have to watch what you eat. Amen? Watch what you eat. So, here's the deal. Here's the deal. After you've eaten, uh, uh, one of the principles that we see with the caterpillar transforming into a butterfly is that sometimes it spends time in what is called a cocoon. And sometimes it just sits in a cocoon for up to six months. You're just doing nothing, sitting. What are you doing? I'm transforming. And that's what we call in the Bible meditation. In the Greek, it's meditatio. What is that? It's pondering. It is muttering. It is thinking on God's word. It is focusing your thoughts and your attention on God's word. And thinking on his word more than you think on your problems. Amen? The Bible says in Joshua chapter number 1, verse 7, uh, uh, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. How long? Day and night. Sickness God. Amen? So that you may observe to him. That was, that was French for day and night, by the way. <laughs> like who? So he says, you must meditate on God's word day and night. So after you've watched what you eat, the second principle is to get as much nutrients from what you eat as possible. And the way you do it is by not throwing it up. It is by keeping it within as much as you can and, and, and meditate on it all the time. 
You know, when a cow uh, chews, uh, uh, goes and grazes in the afternoon, at night he sits down and he throws it up and starts eating it again. It's called card. So he can extract all of the nutrients from what he's eaten. It's the same principle. After you've come to a meeting like this, you take downloads, you get the CD, you have to go back to it and focus on it and eat on it again so that you can extract as much nutrient as possible. Meditation is the only thing in the Bible that gives us access to as much, to a high level of nutrients of God's Word ever. And let me tell you, while meditation gives us the high level of nutrients from God's Word, negative meditation also gives you a high level of nutrients from whatever you're meditating on. How many of you know that worry is meditation? So when you worry much, you're actually extracting a high level manifestation of whatever you're worrying on. And it will begin to happen to you at a high level. So instead of spending time thinking on your problems, you'd rather spend time thinking on what the Word of God says. And as you do that, you will begin to see a transformed life in your life. Amen? It says you shall meditate in it day and night, and so shall you make your way prosperous and have good success. Amen? The way to have good success is simple. Just think about success. All of the time. Amen? The way to have more drama in your life is simple. Just think on drama all the time. Because whatever you think on will manifest. Amen? I said amen. Amen. Is that what you're And here's the principle. After you've eaten and you've extracted the nutrients, the next level is from the abundance of the heart. So here's the deal, guys. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth when you're under pressure. And this is good preaching. Please can you write down these notes for me? This is awesome. Amen. Whatever you put in your heart, in like enough quantities, will find itself in your mouth when you're under pressure. If you squeeze an orange, what comes out? If you squeeze a lemon, what comes out? Now, when you squeeze a believer, what should come out? Believer juice, I like to call it. <laughs> Everything the Word says should come out. Amen? Yeah. But you know, if someone passes on me, if someone cuts uh, 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 us in traffic, what comes out? Snap! You know why? Yeah. Because we've been feeding on snap. We can't be kind, amen? <laughs> so whatever you feed on, in large enough quantities, will find itself in your mouth when you're under pressure. Now here's the deal. Whatever comes out of your mouth, you have given permission and authority to manifest in your life. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 20, listen, by the time it's coming out of your mouth, it's coming to knock at your door. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they shall eat of the fruit they that love it. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. 
Whatever you put in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth, and as you release it, you give it authority to come and knock at your door. Or to come to manifestation. Amen? In closing, Numbers chapter number 13. Is this your husband's Numbers chapter number 13. <laughs> I love it. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 7, 17, if you say in your heart, these nations are mightier than we, God says, how can I dispossess them? In other words, God is saying if you confess negativity and impossibility, that's what's coming. God can't even help you. Did you know that God has given angels charge over you to carry out your instructions based on whatever you say? Did you know that both fallen angels and the angels of God respond based on what we say? They are activated based on what we say. The Bible says in Psalms 100, angels excel in strength at the voice of his word. In other words, God's angels go to work when you say something from his word. And here I say most people's angels have dusty wings. Because you never say anything from God's word. And your angels are just waiting. Maybe, maybe today, maybe today she's about to say something. And then, you know, you press them. And they trust you, you're going to say something. And you just never come back. And your angels are bored, man. Just, oh man. Does your believer ever say anything from God's word? No, they don't. How about yours? No, they don't. Man, I miss those days of Paul and John and Simon. Those guys used to say so much from God's word. There was so much to do. This is your angels talking. Man, she never says anything from God's word. I'm I'm unemployed in a job. She never says anything. See, because angels aren't moving as long as you're not talking. But when you start speaking from God's word, your angels go to work. In fact, the Bible doesn't say they go to work. It says they excel in strength. They get inspired to do more. Let me start confessing God's word. Someone shout today, today. I'm making a decision, I'm making a decision. To, speak to speak nothing, nothing but, the word. but the word. When sickness attacks, what do you say? By his stripes I'm here. When poverty attacks, what do you say? All my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you don't have to be dramatic about it. This is the other problem I have with change people, man. You don't have to fall. Oh, 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 oh my God. No, just say it. Just say it the way the word of God says it. And angels will go to work. Amen? Where did I tell you to go? Numbers? 13. Okay, let's go to Numbers and then we close. Numbers 13 from verse uh, Numbers 13 I'm going to read from verse 31. Just a brief, brief uh, background. Here's the deal. Uh, Moses and the children of Israel have been given the land that flows you know, with milk and honey. You know the story. And uh, as they got to the land, uh, Moses decided he was going to send spies to see if the land really flowed with milk and honey. So he said, you guys go in there and then come back and uh, give a report to the nation. So they went in there and when they came back, uh, 
they gave a report to the people. So first up was the 10 spies. So the 10 spies got up, plugged in their computers, and did a PowerPoint presentation to the nation. And here's what they say from verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people of Canaan. What were they confessing? Possibility or impossibility? Impossibility. Watch what it says. For they are too strong for us. So they gave the Israelites a bad report about the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we went in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Right there, I can tell the guy is lying. Did you see that? This dude is lying. Said all the men in the land were men of that. Gracious, there is no country in the world where everyone has a sister. <laughs> Amen. This dude was exaggerating. Since everyone in the land is a man of great stature. Dude, you're lying. Amen. And what was he saying? Then we saw uh, the sons of Anak. And we were like what? Grasshoppers in whose sight? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. He said we were like grasshoppers in whose eyes? Come on, preach with me, church. He said we were like grasshoppers in whose eyes? Did you see that? He said we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. In our own sight. And watch the net effect of seeing yourself as a grasshopper. And so were we in their sight. People treat you the way you see yourself. I'm just a nobody who treats you like a nobody. Someone shout, I am, I am. fearfully Fearful. and wonderfully, wonderfully. made. Amen. And that's how you should carry yourself. Because if you see yourself as a grasshopper, and so were we in their sight. The net effect of seeing yourself, in fact, this is a, 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 another side of pride which is more deadly than seeing yourself higher than you ought, or thinking of yourself higher than you ought. The most deadly type of pride is when you see yourself lower than God's estimation of who you are. The sad reality is that most of the church think of themselves lower because they think it's humility. It's actually pride. Because you're saying God doesn't know anything about you. He'll know better. See, because God is saying you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You're sitting there talking about, man, I just can't do that. God is looking at you and saying, man, I can bring all your desires to come to pass if you trust me. And you are sitting there just saying, man, the statistics, all oh, the odds are stacked against us. So in essence, you are saying, you probably know more than the one who created you. That's a deadly form of pride. They used to do that back where I grew up. Someone with a beautiful voice. You know, a Whitney Houston voice would get up to sing a song and they'll say, Okay, saints, you know, I'm just going to sing a song. And, and, and if I go out of uh, key, 
You know, just say praise the Lord. And then when they start singing, they're like, wow, they are amazing. But you know what they were trying to do? They were trying to attract some unwarranted attention by putting themselves lower than they are. It's a trick of the devil. See yourself the way God sees you. God says you can run through a troop and scale over walls. I receive it. Amen. If God says I can do it, I can do it. I don't have to figure it out. I'll just do it based on what he says. If he says all things will work together for my good, guess what? Even if it does not look like it, all things will work together for my good. If he says I am more than a conqueror, guess what? I am more than a conqueror. Well, it does not feel like it. He never said anything about feelings. <laughs> Amen? In fact, in your own identity, you don't even use feelings to know who you are. If we just show you a picture, whether you feel good or you feel bad, you'd be like, that's me. Yeah. Well, today I'm not feeling really good, so I don't know if that's me on that picture. No, that's you. <laughs> Amen? It's got nothing to do with feelings. It's got everything to do with what God and who God says you are. Now watch. Uh, Joshua and Caleb came with a different report. Same land, verse 30. Numbers 13, verse 30. Same land, same time period, same giants. Amen? Same economy. Someone else will say, I'm just a grasshopper. Same economy, brother. Oh, mama. <laughs> same economy. Someone else will say, man, I'm just a grasshopper. Same environment. So the only variable is who? The only variable we need. Everything else is constant. Did you see that? Yeah. And they went to the same thing. Someone else is saying, I can't do it. While someone else is saying, let's go up at once and take possession of it, for we are well able. What are you saying today? Because whatever you say, you are right. Whatever you say, you are right. If you say I'm a designer life woman, and I won't take, you know, just anything, you will become that. You say, man, I, I, you know, the clock is ticking louder and I'm desperate. I'll take just anything. You're right. Whatever you say, you're right. Did you see that? You just say, oh, well, you know, this economy is not favorable for women. For we, uh, women, they never get promotion. They never get a promotion. They never get promoted. So on and so forth. You know, people of my uh, color skin and, you know, all these excuses that, you know, you, you, you cook up. Whatever you say, you let come out of it. You're right. That's what's going to happen to you. I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm trying to encourage you to start speaking positively. I'm trying to encourage you to start feeding on possibility instead of impossibility. Because whatever you say, it's coming at you. Amen? Someone shout from today onwards. My words, the words of my mouth, shall be filled with possibility. From today on, the words of my mouth shall be filled with success. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. 
My eyes are open to see the ingredients at my disposal to design my own life. From this day onwards, the life that I live will not be on default. But it is the life that I, Nina, design for myself. And that's settled. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for these, your beautiful daughters. Father, we thank you for every word spoken here this afternoon. Father, we thank you that the enemy cannot steal that word. Father, we thank you that it will produce for some 30, for some 60, and for most, a hundredfold. Father, we thank you that you bring into fruition the desires of their hearts. Father, we thank you for every prayer request. We thank you for every uh, 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 heart's desire that is represented here this afternoon. And Father, we thank you and we commission it by faith that it is coming to pass. Father, we thank you that these, your children's lives will never be the same again. But Father, that you're opening doors for them that no man can shut. You're opening doors in the relationship arena. You're opening doors in the business arena. You're opening doors even in their careers. We speak promotion. We speak increase. We speak acceleration. And we bind the spirit of limitation in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone say, Amen.